Welcome to Tool Talk, the weekly podcast for Toolaholics, where all your DIY, home improvement, automotive, and tool-related questions are answered, and your need, physical need to talk tools is completely served. And now, the host of Tool Talk, Chuck Cage and Sean O'Hara from Toolmonger.com, the web's first tool blog. I'm Chuck. I'm Sean. And welcome to Tool Talk, podcast number 57. Today is September 14th, 2009. If you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And you can leave a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Here we are. (laughs) Once again. No kidding. Uh, Well, you know. But uh, Well, you want to jump right into the top five? Yeah, we can do that. You know, for uh, for something to do here. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, as uh, picked by the uh, Toolmonger readers, this is no surprise, even though it posted later in the week. Number five is Hot or Not Bailing Wire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, bailing, you know it's going to happen. Bailing Wire is very much like duct tape in that... <laughs> And that if if somebody does a post on it, you know it's probably going to hit the top five. Oh, you're not kidding. Uh, bailing, they will, every yeah. time. Bailing wire is one of those substances that you need. <laughs> yeah, I think the funny thing is is that people assume that bailing wire and duct tape and, and, and other stuff and, and, and super glue, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And, and for that matter, five-minute epoxy, right? Sure. Five-minute epoxy. Yeah. I mean, all these things you put together and you assume, everybody assumes that they're automatically jackass fixes. Yeah, sometimes not. But the truth not. is, they're not. It's that most people use the wrong one. Right. These all essentially, if you think about it, do the same sort of thing. They hold things together. Right. The question is, is what kind of stresses are going to be put on it? How do you want it to be held together? And How much do you have to use? Right, right. Yeah. You know, it's like you'll see people use duct tape when it's going to rot or fall off. Right. Or, you know, that's a great bailing wire application, you know, seriously. <laughs> exactly. Or you'll see people use bailing wire when they ought to be using, you know, a, an adhesive of some kind or an epoxy. Right. And if you're doing something that is you're concerned about leaking, you use something like an epoxy and that'll seal it up. If you're doing something under the wrong kind of tension, you use wire or something. Or a combination, you know, you know? Yeah. like if you have two situations where you want to hold two things together and you want it to not leak. Right. You know, well, that's fine. There's an answer for that. You know, you may use the bailing wire to provide a mechanical connection and then use any number of substances out there to, to hold them together. Um, JB Weld, I think that goes in the sense. That's why I said yeah. adhesive. It's like, yeah. you know. That's true. Although I'm really bad about sealing stuff because I do stuff with caulk that I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be doing. <laughs> well, yeah. But again, you if you, you have a strong mechanical connection and then right. you fill it with caulk, you know. Yeah. There's, it's, these aren't automatically jackass solutions right a lot of times it does work for whatever application that you're doing it for if you're thinking and using them correct i i'll say correctly but really using them in an intelligent way that isn't going to somehow malfunction later assuming and of course there are always the i need a solution now for whatever the hell reason right and i'm just going to use whatever i've got to use to make it do what it's going to do you know yeah if you need to make this problem go away right now and you have x and you can use x for right now then you do it then you do that right yeah but you uh, want to have a roll of bailing wire around the shop anyway, because quite honestly, there's just a whole lot of crap you can do with it, even including its intended use. Now, I know you're probably not bailing hay, and you certainly don't have a baler right. to actually make use of it the way they really <laughs> will. But that said, I mean, say you want to load four pieces of sticks of steel in the back of the truck. 
Right. It's real easy. You lay them down, you take a little bailing wire and a pair of pliers, and you're good to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I have some in the shop. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and my, my dad had these really cool uh, pliers that you, you uh, I can't remember what they're called. That's really bad. But you, you like clamp them down. They're sort of like half vice grip, half uh, uh, Yankee drill that you clamp them on. And then there's a knob on the back that's Oh, no, no. That's wait, wait. That's for safety it. wire. Yeah. You can use the same thing with bailing wire. Just get a bigger one. <laughs> that's interesting. You know, but that brings up another topic, which is that safety wire is another badass thing to have around the yeah. shop. Absolutely. And I mean, granted, you're probably not going to see a whole lot of, you know, actual safety wire applications in the shop. No, but when you do find one and you have some safety wire, it's super handy. And again, safety wire, for those who don't know, is actually kind of like small bailing wire in practical purposes. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you can use it for the same sort of thing. Yeah. You know, which exactly. is funny, which yeah. is uh, kind of interesting because the the actual bailing wire that they use on like the big round hay bells over yeah, at my place big. now, it's it, well, they use twine. They use like mm. this uh, mm. weird uh, some kind of poly or some kind of nylon based twine that they wrap them. In. It's like blue and white and everything like that. And they wrap the crap out of those things with this. And I'm like, huh, don't they use real bailing wire? They're like, no, it's expensive. So. <laughs> not for us. I yeah, mean, not for us. We don't need, you know, enough to wrap up a bale the size of a car. But, uh, you know, it's it, it can be super handy to have You know around. what else is super handy that I never hear anybody talk about? And I don't know exactly what to call it. And this is embarrassing. But have you ever seen that crap they use to hang uh, hang drop ceilings? It's this surprisingly thick, surprisingly flexible wire. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's kind of weird it's thick and it, it bends real easy yeah and uh, uh there used to be a bunch of it laying around an office where they put in a new drop ceiling mm-hmm. one time and i had some of it that i gathered up and hung on to and i use that for all sorts of stuff and the first <laughs> time i used it was was to uh to break into a car nice. of a friend it wasn't obviously someone <laughs> else's and because it's just stiff enough to actually you don't let you direct it, but you can bend oh, it yeah. real easy into crazy shapes. You know, oh, yeah. way better than a coat hanger. <laughs> and uh, I need to find some of that and get some of that in the shop because that's that's pretty handy crap. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that that make your life a little bit better. I have zip stripped a fence together before, you know, for a day or two. <laughs> He's talking about my fence, by the way. <laughs> I was going to out you, but. Uh, Actually, a day or two. It was more like uh, four months until the Homeowners Association came by and ripped me a new one and made me fix it because it was hot. First, it was it Look, was it's wet. 110 outside. First, it was wet. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's hard to go dig a hole and put concrete in it when it's wet. Yeah. And then it got hot and we were just like. We Screw didn't it. Want to go out and they <laughs> <laughs> dig a hole? So, anyway, yeah, it stood up forever. What's really funny is, and the other part he's not telling you is that actually this big wind came along oh, no. and uh, blew down another piece of the fence next to it, but not the zip strip part. <laughs> I mean, like it actually tore down the fence, but yeah. left the part that Sean had like cobbled together, cobbled together standing, <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, man, you give me duct tape, a little bailing wire, some zip strips, man. I can hold anything together. See, you use the right combination. I mean, we saw a guy across the street the other day uh, trying to duct tape his fence up, oh, which man. is which is funny. Oh, yeah. And uh, the yeah. other thing was funny. We were actually looking from up high because, you know, we were on the second floor of my house looking into the guy's backyard where I'm in like posted stamp neighborhood, you know. And 
<laughs> and he's out there with this big hammer, like beating on the fence. Got this five pound sledge, bam, just slamming bam, on. Bam. Like, bam. Wow. And the fence is like crooked as hell. You can already see that it's like bowing it, in. Yeah, it looks like a snake. <laughs> well, and mine does a little bit. When, but well, yeah, but not three feet. I'm amazed. Side at eyeballing that post hole that it's even remotely close. <laughs> well, we, we, we didn't completely we eyeball it, but we were in a hurry. Yeah, I did. I eyeballed we, the hole. We wanted to be done. You know, and uh, but yeah, and you, we, put, and you put you put the post in and kicked it until it looked as close as you could get it. Yeah, that it was came out pretty that. good. It did actually. I mean, it's surprising, <laughs> surprising how good. But anyway, materials like this you should definitely have around. If you yeah. don't, you're missing out. Well, and it, life's going to be harder for you. <laughs> true, and there's nothing wrong with having the right tools as well. But uh, but quite honestly, you can just do a lot of cool crap with bailing wire. Also get some self-tapping metal screws and some big three-inch wood screws. Well, you're not kidding. I mean, we actually had a bunch of those around from testing way back. You know, yeah. uh, we did some tests with uh, drivers and we were using three-inch wood screws and and, uh, yeah, and just self-tapping those, metal screws. Yeah, and, just those big yellow dichromate, you know. But we use the crap out of them now oh, for everything yeah. else. I mean, we built an engine stand out of them. I know, I know a lot of you think that's BS. Um, you know what? Engine's back in the truck. Yeah. <laughs> it held it the whole time. So Damn right it did. Blow me. And then yeah. the uh, <laughs> it worked, okay? It worked. Total investment, zero dollars. Uh, no, uh-huh. that's not true. We spent 15 bucks on the casters. Oh, you actually bought those casters for it? Well, a long time ago, yeah. No, you didn't. You bought those casters for some other crap. Well, yeah, but a long time ago. that was Okay, fine. I don't count if it's in the bin. All right. It if it was in the, yeah, everything we had was in the I bin. Mean, you could go and build it for fifteen dollars. Well, twenty. Twenty with two by fours and right, screws at, at at Home Depot or Lowe's or something. Yeah. But I mean, we built it out of garbage that we had around. We had a bunch of two by fours that you know we'd use for other crap and studs, essentially. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I mean. And and we use oh my god those self tapping metal screws are handy too yeah I mean there's one of those in my grill it's a really yeah yeah did you a, put a leg back on yeah no I have a Weber grill and it has you know the little leg that sticks in the third one the one in the front that holds oh, it up yeah, yeah, every yeah, time yeah. you pick it up it falls out <laughs> you screwed it away. oh yeah like two days after I got it it's good now I just took one of those I'm like you know that's the end of that I just shot one of those little half inch you know yeah suckers that we had laying around in there those are awesome oh yeah. We have probably five hundred in the shop right now. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Uh, I know we've put a bunch in my. Well, we put a bunch in my truck uh, to hold stuff together and and all <laughs> that kind of things. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's about three four pounds heavier now. Well, that's good. Yeah, you know, other it. good crap to have around. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, number four, uh, French curves, and I don't know if you've ever used these before, yeah. but. Uh, a lot of people will will see them laying around the shop and be like, oh, what's that for? I'm like, you need to shut up because you have no idea what those do. You know what I have in the shop? I have one of those little things that you, you always got in, uh, like as a freebie in, with, with school supplies in elementary oh, yeah. school. Yeah, sure. You know, it's like a little six-inch ruler with about half a French curve on the top of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I got see, like two or three of those. See, I have, well, I went to art school, so I have a full... Artist nice. set of, nice. of ten pieces with each of the fifty-two curves that you can do, and you know, in different <laughs> sizes and everything like that. So, and you know how to use it, which is well, a step yeah. above me, who just kind of matches up whatever looks right. <laughs> well, yeah, they make you learn that crap, but yeah, they're super useful if you're if you're ever doing any like wood scroll work or anything, and you want to know how to get those awesome curves and and how they come up with those French curves are it. 
you know, get yourself a scroll saw or a bandsaw or something like that and go to town. Just draw them on there and follow the curves and you will wind up looking like you spent a lot more time on that project than you really did. Uh, that's what I use them for. But they can be used to trace all kinds of curves and recreate stuff like that. And, and it's uh, pretty easy to use. So they're they're Just think awesome of it as the next step beyond tracing the bottom of a can <laughs> which is about as far as most people go yeah you know, they'll get different sized cans in the shop or something and, while you're you at know. it buy yourself a little two dollar protractor uh-huh and a compass you know it doesn't have to be expensive or big or anything like that go to the school supply section at the grocery store yeah. and pick yourself up a 50 cent compass you know it will You'd be, be amazed how while. handy that stuff can be oh yeah yeah and keep a piece of string handy so you can exactly. make yourself a, <laughs> a compass. That big Another one. thing you should have around. Yeah, exactly. Is at you least know. a little roll of twine. If you don't, I don't know what the hell you do. Yeah, I guess you're into shoestrings at that point. But you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, they're super handy to have around. So uh, if you don't have any, go to the grocery store and go to the seriously. School supply you can get aisle. like a, you can get a crappy one there. Yeah, yeah, and um, it'll like still the one I have. Yeah, it'll still do better than. Then eyeballing it, yeah, and uh, it'll also be better than trying to replicate those curves uh, all by yourself. Yeah, I'm so incredibly good at that, <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm even worse with you around. Yeah, yeah, sure, do me hey, one of those things. Do- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, no problem. There you go. Where's the mouse? Yeah. <laughs> hey, if I, can, <laughs> if I can use Photoshop, you're screwed. You it's know? true. All right, so uh, that was number four. Uh, number three, the bastard child of a wrench and a socket. Now, I always called those a flex combination wrench, but um, the uh, the saltus wrench is also another term for it. Basically, if you've never seen one of these things, it is an open-end wrench on one side and a socket on the other, you know, a, a socket on a almost a universal. You know? Right. And uh, they're, it, you might not think you ever need those, um, but they can be pretty handy because they're basically like a, a light uh, bar. You know, you can get you can get on a socket and just use it as a breaker bar. You you know, use the yeah. engine end of the wrench as a well, breaker the hinge bar would and everything. Be, would be kind of not very strong, I would think. You know, the breaker bar I always say is designed specifically for you. You don't understand. I grew up for years with my dad just beating the crap out of me for using anything <laughs> except a breaker bar. And I used to give him crap back, you know, so you'll note I have a quarter inch breaker bar. Yeah. You ever seen one? Yeah. Well, I've <laughs> seen yours. Uh, I mean, I don't have one. Like, I got a half inch. <laughs> That's me it. too. Uh, I have a full set and yeah. and and use them, but I guess my my first thought, and it's my dad talking to me from from the grave, is I can is like uh, yeah the you know the the flex is going to be weak on it. It's going to make a crappy breaker bar. I don't know, man. I, there's there's the times when it's like rusted, stuck, and you you put goop on it and 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 penetrator and and everything else on it and let it sit for three days trying to get it off breaker bar stuff and it's kind of stuck and you just can't do it with a regular one uh, type of breaker bar stuff that you know what I think I just want more length on it. See, my gut kind of says that what that would be good for, if you think about it, this socket kind of serves a similar purpose to a closed end wrench, you know, right? where you want to, you want it to stay on. You don't, you're, you're less looking for ability to slip it on and off quick, you know, than to Mm -hmm. just stay on. And, uh, and and if it has sort of a partial U on the end of it, right, mm-hmm. U-joint, it seems like 
it would be handy in situations where you need to maybe turn the wrench and then flip it and turn it to get another half, you know? I can think of a number of situations where it would be good. And you can link a wrench through the other end of it and just use it. God, Sean. Hey. Get, get a breaker bar. Holy crap. How wanna, hard is it? Well, I, I'm saying it's it's not that hard, but, you know. You have a breaker bar, right? I have several, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm just <laughs> you're like, you're like, it has this sweet universal joint, fragile universal joint on the end of it. I think I'll just use it as a breaker bar. <laughs> Well, yeah. you, know, you can flip another wrench around. Yeah, that's great. It's good stuff. I'll tell man. you this. If you paid for those ones in the post, you're probably not going to do that. Uh, no. no. I'm just saying. Uh, you might want to do I don't this. think See, they sell them at Harbor Freight, which, yeah. would be, <laughs> which would be a great reason to use it as a breaker bar. If you... Yeah. See, that's that would be the only time I had ever purchased something like that. If, if I found them in like a pack for three bucks at Harbor Freight, it'd be like, oh, yeah. Actually, on see, another reason, you know what's great to buy at Arbor Freight that way are breaker bars of all things. That's where I got mine. <laughs> they're not. Oh, I have some, I have some real nice, you know. I know, I've used them. Friends. No, but I have a, I have one from Arbor Freight too. And you know what? It's a pole with like an adapter on the end of it. Who cares? Yeah. You know? I mean, there's no reason not to have like a couple of those around the cheap ass ones because nothing gets abused like a breaker bar. You know, uh, I used <laughs> to get... Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was. I can uh, see where this is going. I was working on a uh, a big block back uh, <laughs> back in the day, we'll right. say, and uh, you know, getting the exhaust manifolds off was just a bitch. So, <laughs> so we got some. Uh, uh, we had a, a half inch breaker bar, um, and you know the the socket on the end of it. It was an impact socket, you know, right. like the black kind. Oh, yeah. or, you know. And uh, man, we stuck. I think it was like a three and a half, maybe four and a half foot piece of uh square tube on the end of that breaker bar and just jumped on on it it. yeah Yeah. and uh finally got it to you know which is the best sound ever when you're trying to get those things out and you're like freaking sweet only got 16 more of those to go usually what it does is it goes crack yeah and something will give either the breaker bar the bolt will shear off usually that's what yeah we had happen um and uh or you know it'll crack i've actually cracked a socket like if you're not using an impact socket i've cracked a socket in half you know (laughs) vertically yeah that's happened before (laughs) well son how did you break this up well uh i don't know it's not important it says craftsman i'll just take it to the store it'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) poor poor bastards have to take it back Man, I'm jumping on it with a four foot pipe on the end of it. You know, yeah. My first experience with that was I, I took a wrench. It was a Craftsman wrench, and I I put uh, I slid a uh, three foot pipe over the end of it, trying to get a bolt loose on a moor deck. Did your dad see it? Uh, afterward. <laughs> and uh, I gonna say your dad come unglued, so you did. It actually sheared like the... right in the middle. Oh yeah, that's it's good. Like, Pop right in the right in the center of it. You're like, well, crap. <laughs> it was a combo and i just had a big pipe I slipped it right over it and angled it oh it'll work done with that yeah something going sheer whoops <laughs> but no seriously i mean these things are for access you know if you want to yeah. if you want a breaker bar i mean you can use a breaker bar on it you probably got one too you know I mean, well yeah and you're right i mean it's not a u-joint but you know for that purpose you're with a breaker bar you don't need like a lot of flexibility because you can get it on there and and get just one angle would be enough you know because you only need to move it 10 degrees you know know, just a couple degrees swap whatever the hell you want on it to get it out you know know, so it it works out pretty well it uh but yeah there's all kinds of stuff you can use for that 
Um, let's see here. Number two, keychain knife tools. Now, uh. it it never fails. This is also one of those things. If you get any kind of multi-tool or something you can put on a key ring. It's going to be in the top five. You can bet it's probably going to be yeah. in the top five or just miss it. I love how everybody it's everybody has an opinion about these things, too. I mean, yeah. everybody. Yeah, and it's it gets kind of ridiculous in some some areas and some corners of uh, yeah. you know these things and and they're they're trying to define you know what you can carry around with you now and and what's a, a quote unquote you know switchblade what's a one handed opener is oh that my. good I mean there's all kinds of legislation and crap going on around uh, that kind of thing and. Is this your, this isn't your post. No, this isn't my post. My, that post that I was talking about was way back. We should talk about that afterward. Yeah. Because that was entertaining. Um, so, yeah, this one, um, this is the, uh, he was originally starting off with the uh, the Gerber artifact and the mini super knife, uh, you know, as a keychain knife tool type right, stuff. Right, right. My personal opinion is with the keychain knife tools, if if it's this big, huge lump in your pocket, it doesn't belong on I agree. a keychain. Here's the other thing. Uh, you know, a friend of our family's was a, a locksmith, mm-hmm. and he used to just give us holy hell for, like, heavy keychains. Yeah. Because he says when Mesh- you... It messes up the mechanism. Exactly. Yeah. When it hangs in the car, it pulls on it. And over time, it will jack up the, the key mechanism. Mm-hmm. So there's... Uh, it's just a bad idea. Anything on a keychain uh, that weighs enough that you can feel it... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> ...is too much. Yeah. You know, if your keychain weighs as much as a baseball, you need to deal with that. If it is know? a baseball. Yeah. You should... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Big hubcap hanging up from the, like the steering column. The freaking, you know, bathroom at the at the gas station oh, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That should not be your keychain. But the, the sometimes, I mean, I can understand if you want to carry something bladed on your keychain. Now, it'll get you in trouble if you go to some It'll just jack you up because eventually you're going to take it to the airport with you and you're going to get in trouble. Right. Um, but I can understand if you want to carry that around, you know, and, and have that screwdrivers just carry a set around with you in the car you know but that's just my personal opinion i think as always and this is my own damn opinion just like yours and everybody else is no more valid than anybody who commented on this post as far as i I mean sometimes yeah i think i have opinions that might be a little more informed in some ways or less than others but this one i think pretty largely subjective not at all Yeah. yeah it's totally subjective but my personal kind of way of dealing with this is that if you are doing something regularly that requires it, like, for example, if you work on computers all day, having a multi-tool that has a computer-sized, and you know what I'm talking about, right. screwdriver, mm-hmm. like, a, what is it, a number two or three or whatever, I can't remember, uh, yeah. Phillips, you know, uh, it's like, fine, do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to use that crap, you know? If you're just walking around every day in an office, if you're, say, I don't know, a lawyer, and, you know, you're walking around every day. <laughs> Maybe you don't need a Batman tool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you're a gaffer, by all means, for have God's a Batman sake, tool. Go get the damn skeleton tool. one <laughs> now, you know? <laughs> you need that. Or even, for that matter, the standard. I mean, truthfully, truthfully, the standard one. Yeah. You know, is perfect for a gaffer. Mm-hmm. That's really who they're made for, as far as I can tell. Right. I mean, the knife, you know, that's awkward as a knife. Well, yeah, all you're going to do is cut gaff tape with it. Who cares, mm-hmm. you know? Doesn't matter if it's a gummed up really, mess. Really, you're going to use the pliers. That's what they're for, you right. know? Right. Maybe a screwdriver here or there, but right. that's about it. Right, right. Totally, yeah. But the point is, is it's all about the application. And that's why they make 20 of them, 50 of them, 100 oh, of them. yeah. There's a new one that comes out every week. Because you know? it's targeted at somebody slightly different. 
Yeah. You know, which is awesome. So those people now have a tool. The Skeletool was cool because it was, I always like to rate uh, Leatherman tools in my mind based on, on your, on say I'm making a, a sign, you know, a continuum with my hands here. Mm-hmm. Imagine that on my left hand, you have, uh, you have pliers are your most important tool. Right. And on your right hand, you have knife is your most important tool. And in between that is the continuum of Leatherman tools. Yeah. You ever notice that? Yeah. And it's like it's like the the skeletal is with my right hand. It's mm-hmm. on the far side where knife is more important. And on the left hand, you have the standard, you know, classic Leatherman, which is pliers, pliers are yeah. most important. Absolutely. You know, so kind of cool. And then there's that. Uh, oh gosh, what was it? It was a uh, it was a buck, right? The one that had the yeah. was a knife with the slide out pliers. Yeah, the uh, it's pretty weird. Extract cool, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The extract. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Which would be, you know, very much on the knife is most important. Right. I would probably lean towards the knife myself, but that's just me. The skeletal is probably, for me personally, the coolest balance. Yeah. You know, because the knife yeah. actually feels somewhat knife-like. Mm-hmm. Not and wholly, the pliers are pretty good. Kind of plier-like. Yeah. You know, it's pretty pretty cool design, actually. But. Yeah, it works out. So if I had to carry one, that's probably what I'd carry. But normally I, I just opt for the knife. Yeah. <laughs> just carry a knife. And if I need pliers, I go get pliers. I go get pliers or a driver. I'm yeah. not suggesting that in any way anyone else should be like that. No, because I can think <laughs> off the top of my head 10 professions that would require a multi-tool of some sort. Or know? for that matter, if you just like it. Yeah. I yeah. see no problem if you just think it's damn well cool and want to carry it. Yeah, more power to you. I think it's awesome. Yeah. You will never catch me giving anybody crap for carrying a tool. No, no. (laughs) Ever. Unless it's really stupid. Being one, yes. (laughs) Carrying one, no. And uh, I was actually kind of surprised this one got popped, but uh, number one uh, for the top five this week was Stanley's Digital Power Station. I know you don't like these things. I don't mean Stanley's in particular. I mean... Here's the thing. You don't like these portable power stations. I really don't until... And this has happened, because you remember, because I called you. um, Until 99% of the time, it's just BS. They take up space. They're tough to have around. You got to remember to charge them. You got to remember to do all this crap. And then you need one. And in that 2% of its lifetime, it pays for itself. See, here's the thing. I think one of the biggest changes for us going from guys who were just into tools, but really only had experience with tools that we happened to decide we needed and were willing to show out for and then try to and then have experience with that tool, you know, as opposed to years later now, having been cruising along with Toolmonger and and seeing tools come and go from the shop all the time, you know, and and trying things that, quite honestly, we never would have cared to try. Yeah. You start to form very different opinions, and this is one of them. Yeah. I really was not a big fan of these things the first time. I remember the first time you brought the, what was it, the Husky one in the shop. That's right. You're like, look at this. I'm like, that is the biggest piece of crap I've ever seen. Well, and here's the funny thing. I wasn't really sold on it either, but, you know, the Husky guys were like, hey, you need to check this out. And, you know, I thought, oh, okay, fine. Let's, okay. You know, I doubt we're going to do anything with it, but we'll find out, right? Right. So we, you know, it sits in the shop for a while, and then... Then we managed to get the Yukon running, and... Uh, and then we had a number of vehicles over time that we ended up, you know, dinking around with that weren't fully reliable. Right. 
you know, that had battery issues. And it, all of a sudden, we started carrying that son of a bitch and in, it, the, in them. And, and it saved us at least twice that I can count. Every, you know, I remember every time we were going out in one of those, you'd charge it up and throw it in the back. And, you know, it stalls at a light, and you're like, oh, hell. You, you know, know, jump out. <laughs> fire that sucker up and get back in, and you're it's gone. Great. You know? Yeah. Uh, same thing. Uh, uh, my my girlfriend actually had a car had a battery issue out in the middle of nowhere one time, and uh, I threw it in the car and ran out there, and it was easier because I didn't have to get access and push the car around, right. you know, to because she was parked up against a building. Oh sure, yeah. you know, and I would have had to get the cables, move the car, push the car back, yeah. and all this garbage. And instead, I just you know popped the hood, threw it on. Now, here's the thing, and as you pointed out, of course, after we came to see the light of what these are for, uh, you pointed out that, you know, you go to the mall and the security jump starts your car. What do they use? Yep. One of you these. Know? Exactly. You know, uh, it doesn't damage your car, you know, or, it's you know, very hard to yeah. cause a major problem with one of these, whereas jump starting, it's very easy. Right. To do so. And this is is portable. It's reasonably small for what it is. Um, I, the, the last time I used one, uh, it was, it was actually pretty funny cause the battery was completely and totally shot. <laughs> so I took the battery out, put this thing in the battery hole. You're which, kidding me. No, I'm not. And I drove for half a mile you to, are the, kidding me. to the, to the closest auto store I could find, which was about six blocks away, about half a mile in Texas. And it. You're kidding me. I made it. I would not have thought of that. I well, made no, it. I would have if I was on the side of the road. You would have if you were stranded, <laughs> which is what You're I... You're right, but, but holy crap, really. Yep, I I clim- Now... It's not... Yeah, I get it. I do not recommend this for anybody, okay? But <laughs> All honestly, the engineers who are listening are right now going, no, no, please don't tell them that. You know, But <laughs> hey, you know, it kept me off the damn side of the road in 115 degree heat. So now, okay? another thing. You know, these all have little side features like an air pump or a light or stuff right. like that. What what all does Stanley have? You remember? Well, yeah, this one's got a uh, you know multiple power taps. Oh, uh, nice. It's, it's yeah. got the USB. It's got the you know the regular twelve volt, and then it's got the car recharger, and it's got a little uh, digital indicator on it that tells you what's going on and and how much juice you get. You get one twenty like seven inverter. Uh, I can't remember. Um, I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. I mean, I I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, these things, I guess where I was going is that these things are another thing I thought was kind of stupid, but yet I have used. Yeah. You yeah. know, the light, we kidded about that all the time. Guess what? When I was out there jumpstarting girlfriend's car in the middle of the night. Yeah. Guess what? That light. Useful. Pretty damn handy. <laughs> yeah. And handy if you think have. about it, you know, you're like, what are you going to do with it? Look where it is, huh? Yeah, you're going to sit it you're on the sit damn on thing, thing and turn, turn it on, on and use it to find where you're hooking the cables up. Duh. Yeah. Uh, the air pump, I've used it too. I hate to say it. Yeah. I, I, this one didn't have an air pump. I, I think it did have a 120. I think it did have an air I'll tell you, that anyway. stuff is is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I actually, one time, <laughs> this is bad. Uh, one time I, I was stuck out. I'm not even going to tell you where or why, but <laughs> bottom line is I want to run my laptop a lot longer than I really should. <laughs> and I totally plugged it into that. Nice. Uh, that <laughs> <right>? Nice. <laughs> I mean, so the Husky, we haven't actually tried out the uh, Stanley. Yeah, the Stanley. Like we don't have a Stanley. But the uh, but, uh, truth is these are all very similar. I mean, when it comes right. down to it, it's it's a relatively easy to carry, you know, plastic box that has uh Usually a seal lead acid battery of some kind in right. it, fairly large. Weighs about as much you know? as a gallon of milk, yeah. maybe a little bit more. It's about the size of a Yeti. I'd say a little know? more, yeah. But, but uh, you know, they're not 
they're not horribly expensive. They're not horribly, you know, large or anything like that. And they may be a little clunky to carry around and everything. If you can conceive of a time that you will need it and you have the cash, get one. I agree. It would be worth it. I agree. It's one of those things that, yes, you're not going to use it every day. But, no. you know, if you can spare the cash to own one, and they're not horribly expensive. It's about 100 bucks. Yeah. I mean, and there are a number of them out there. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, eventually, it'll be handy. It is, like I said, that 2% of its lifetime that you wind up using it, it saves your ass. Totally. And even just the number of times that you and I have gone to drive somewhere in something less than reliable, it makes knowing you it's better. in the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, if we get completely screwed, it's a good thing. We're okay. Yeah, we know? got a shot. Yeah. So. Um, the engine falls out of it. Well, that's a different issue. Too but, bad. Yeah. So sad. involved in this post that we're going to talk about this is <laughs> this is sean's tack knife post yeah and he wrote this i don't know a couple weeks ago right i can't remember yeah it was a couple weeks ago a month ago something like that and uh we we, sh- we really should have got off our ass and done a tool talk right then yeah but uh, you know the funny thing is this is really our, our our strong editorial outlet and sean wrote this post and i it made perfect sense to me i actually saw it before it went out right and uh thought well yeah i get it you know, and he posted it. And I, I really, I'll admit it was kind of funny. The response <laughs> caught me as struck me as funny. First of all, a lot of people screaming, you're just trying to start crap with this. Well, actually, I don't think so. No. You know, um, my take and tell me if I understood you correctly, because that's why instead of letting you just say it, I'm going to say what I thought it meant. OK. Um, and you and I did not talk about it. No, actually, we haven't talked about it since the post release. Right. Right. Um, I talked with one of our with our copy editor about it, but I didn't. Right. I didn't talk with you. Um, you know, I thought you're saying essentially that, you know, I get the concept. Speaking as you here, mm-hmm. I get the concept that uh, it would be nice to be able to ban uh, a type of weapon that only has use as a weapon. Right. Uh, good. And and I know you can argue this, so I'm not going to. But I'm saying that if you were to look at say an assault weapon. You know, assault rifle ban. Yeah, like an AK-47 or right, something. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the kind of, the guide, the guidelines for this kind of law, whether you agree or disagree with it, for it to even be a possibility in my book, mm-hmm. and and I think you were saying this, is that it needs to be, you, need, you broke it down very distinctly, it needs to be something you can define. Mm-hmm. The, the, the weapon within their tool, within that category within that definition needs to be usable only as a weapon. Mm-hmm. And then it needs to be only usable as a weapon outside the reasonable uses of a weapon. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you want to you know, approach this at all as a method of banning anything, that's up to you. I won't argue with you. You know, I can see both sides of that, but, right. but the problem is you, you look at an assault rifle ban, right? And you are a law, you know, whether you think it's right or wrong, at least you can define it. Right. You know, it, it, it fires fully automatic. Okay, fine. We can define that. Yep. The weapons within that are not good hunting weapons, mm-hmm. you know? So, okay, we've got something that we can at least argue about. Right. 
The problem, and this is the point I think you were making with the whole tactical knife concept, Mm -hmm. is that you can't do that. You can't pick something that defines a knife that is solely used for killing people or solely used for a purpose outside of useful, common uh, application. Now, I'm sure there are examples sort of like, uh, you know, one of the Gil Hibben fantasy daggers. Okay, Okay, fine. Yeah. But... But those aren't the tactical knives that they're talking Nor about. Nor are here. there enough of them for anybody right. to give a damn. The the thing that that caught me is I'm like, huh, you know, because I saw some legislation, and and the my one of the favorite criticisms is is oh, you're just trying to be political, Stuart. I am about the most least political person you will ever. Oh no, meet everybody's kind of political. Stuff, but, Everybody has their views. What I think is interesting but, is you were trying to you weren't trying to say I support or do not support. Yeah. This legislation you're I saying, was interesting. I don't see how you can define it. I don't know how, yeah, how you would get there from here because I, okay, well, let's define a tactical knife. How do you do that? You know, and it's very difficult to do and everybody has a different definition. And honestly, because it's just a knife, it can be used for a thousand other things. Right. Other than that. Right. I don't see how you, right. you define it and, and make it a different you know, category altogether that is completely unusable and so dangerous that the general population can't handle them. You know, that this will somehow deter anything, you know, I agree. I mean, and, and again, if, if there was some way that you could define it, I would be willing to argue it from a political standpoint. I have my own views about it, which right. is that you should not ban them. Right. But <laughs> that's my take. And, me, and yours too, actually. Too, yeah. But, but that's not where you were going with this. I mean, where yeah. you were going with is we can't define it. You can't define out, a. a, a a tactical knife in a way that isn't usable for other practical purposes. So there's really no point in debating whether or not you should ban them. You can't even define them. Yeah. You don't even know exactly what, what that is. is. Yeah. You know, um, it was, Oh, it's black handled. <laughs> You're like, what? what? <laughs> you know, how does that work? <laughs> oh, there's coatings on the blade or it's it, the blade is shaped this way. I'm like, well, there's a hundred blades shaped like that. Right. You know I mean? What what exactly is is what it has know, one serrated edge? That's actually pretty useful if you're camping. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, <laughs> I don't know. You ever try to cut something like that? You know, but and and here's the thing. And I'm sure, in looking at it from the other side of the fence, somebody somewhere put together a statistical list of oh, yeah. crimes where quote unquote tack knives were used. The problem is you could take that away Give and a stick kitchen knife. anything else in there yeah. and it would still have been the same thing. Right. Um, right. If they were going to commit those crimes, right. they'd commit them with a tack knife, kitchen knife, you know, butter knife. It really doesn't matter, you know. Exactly. It's, so, uh, it's it, tough. I mean, it's tough. It would be nice. If, yeah. uh, it would be nice if there was a way to define one so we could have a discussion about it. But there just isn't. No. And uh, I really, I mean... Short of just like looking at every knife out there and say, oh, this and this and that, you're, you can define it down so that it basically bans half the pocket knives or, or sheath knives in, you know, made in by the major manufacturers in the entire world. Uh, if you really wanted to get down to it, which doesn't do anybody any good. I think everybody loses at that point. Yeah, I really I think I'm of course, I'm the wrong guy. I mean, you know, my my gut is that. Uh, a pocket knife, especially a reasonably sized pocket knife, is so useful that I always have one with me, and I recommend that everybody have one with them. And <laughs> and uh, so I'm the wrong guy. I'm the one who who always ends up losing one at the you know because I forgot going to a concert or something. Right. And uh, 
I'm always the guy who, you know, I do remember not to take them to the airport, you know, <laughs> but, but you still, know. I just feel like, you know, it, it, come on. Well, and at the same I, time, I'm not saying you need to go to a baseball game with a K bar strapped to your thigh or something yeah, like that. Exactly. But, uh, and you know what? That's again, that's not what we're talking about. Cause they're not going to let you No. which I'm kind of glad they don't, you know, but, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah, my, my little, you know, buck mini you know if you're not gonna let me take that to the baseball game it's kind of like come on <laughs> yeah, exactly and i got news for you i mean i i had a, a good old standard four inch folder in my pocket at the last baseball game i went to <laughs> and i freaking used it yep because you know you had to cut a hot dog in that's half. right i had one of those full long hot dogs <laughs> and you couldn't eat it so i cut it in half with my pocket knife you know damn it and we're great for it too <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I was glad I had a bigger one because it was easy. You yeah, know? you can wipe anyway. the mustard off and off you go. Yeah. Or not, whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I don't carry an expensive knife for that purpose. No, but seriously. Don't let my I, dad hear that. It'll kill you. It wasn't the one, one of the ones he gave <laughs> yeah. me. Actually, it was one that you gave me. Yeah, I don't oh, care. You've seen what I use yeah, mine for. exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was black handled too. <laughs> yeah. You evil man, you. Oh. Yeah. Jack knife. Uh, you know, so I mean, there's that kind of, but I mean, and then you get into the stuff like the assisted openers, which, you know, there, there's, I guess, different re- Although the, the one that always caught me that I always found funny was butterfly knives are banned. Mm-hmm. Those are the most, most ridiculous would, freaking knife. Most people cut the hell out of themselves with it. Oh my God. It is a more danger to you <laughs> than anything else you're liable to carry. You know what that reminds me of though? And I remember in high school, um, I had this theory that they would ban anything if you did it enough. Yeah. And so uh, eventually, in high school, that's probably true. No, we started this thing where we, where we taped quarters to our notebooks. <laughs> I mean, everybody taped a quarter to their notebook. And eventually they said, you can't tape quarters to your notebooks. Cause there was some reason I can't remember what it was. So, <laughs> um, but we were allowed to carry pocket knives, so there you go. That's yeah, I did too. I, I mean, I had I had instructor, you know, teachers. Hey, Sean, let me borrow your knife. You know, I mean, because <laughs> they always knew I had one. You know, and it wasn't a big deal because you yeah. didn't go waving it around. And I'm not arguing it should be that way now either. So yeah, you know, I mean, come on, it, I know it, times change. It's, it's but, a different type thing, but yeah, I'd be in trouble though because I mean, all the farm trucks with shotguns and the gun racks in the high school park. Yeah, I'm kind of, was, they don't do that anymore. You know, yeah, that probably, they don't do anymore. But I lived out in a farm, plus, but farm too, area, and, me too. And the kid just didn't think about it; just drove his his dad's truck to school and stuff. And yeah, he was out I, there, I, I, and they're like, "Look, you know, just just don't say nothing. Keep it locked and take it out next time." You know, it wasn't a big deal, but uh, not arguing it should be that way now. Just saying, yeah, different times, different times. But uh, the tack knife thing, kind of, and you know, you know, I was trying to get people to you know to write comment. Well, yeah, I mean, you were you were saying, tell us what you think. You know? I think this doesn't make sense because you can't define it. Yeah. Do you know something I don't? Yeah. I don't know how many times I've learned something from comments on the on the on the forum. Yeah. I, I got news for you. I, I we don't make an extra dime if you leave an extra comment on yeah. there versus <laughs> when you exactly nobody pays us per the comment. So yeah, we're just um, curious what you think. Absolutely. If we ask, it's because quite honestly, we want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we did get some good comments on it, and and uh, some people who had some some interesting some stuff to say, and some people who had some issues. You know. Oh, uh, well. which is fine. You know, that's what it's there for. But, I've never uh, had an issue. No, no. <laughs> you know, we, hey, we've stepped in it multiple times, you know, from truck beds to tack knives, man. We're, we can we can rile it up, apparently. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. For what it's worth, that's what I think you meant. And yeah, 
And uh, totally. I'm still interested. I'm still reading the comments. We still get a couple every now and then. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, uh, it's uh, the, the, it'll light them up. Anytime you get into knives and stuff like that, it tends to light people up a little. In the last few minutes on, on this tool talk, I think there's some just we, we got to mention. Quit laughing, man. Okay, everybody, I'm a jackass, and I'm lazy, and I don't adjust my garage door. Yes, I know. We did do a one beer on this. Yeah, I think we mentioned this somewhere along the way. I get this call this morning, dude. Yeah, it's hard to fix by yourself. (laughs) So, yeah, here's the deal. Just a heads up to everybody. Number one, adjust your damn garage door. It doesn't take any time at all, and if you do it every couple of weeks, you will never, ever, ever have to roll out at ODark30 you know, when somebody, your girlfriend or wife calls you and says, the garage door won't close, you know, and you're like, oh, crap. Yeah, that's why I said crap. Yeah. <laughs> and get up and go out and and dick around with the garage door in the middle. But, hey, if you if you are dumb like me, it's not that hard to fix. Uh, Sean actually has a beautiful way of, if you haven't, if you have... One of the good old standard cheap ass garage doors, which is the type that has a single spring in the yeah, middle. Yeah, the the single bar spring, right? And you know the the sectional metal door. Then there are essentially, uh, you know, you've got the two, you've got the two spools on both ends. Mm-hmm. If you've unspooled both of them, you are thoroughly screwed. Yeah, that's not fun. No, it's not. And and you look anywhere and you can find instructions on how to rewire how to, it. Uh, yeah, Respring de-screw it. it. Yeah. If, uh, on the other hand, you are lucky enough, as I was this morning, to have only sprung one side of it, Sean has a cool little trick. Yeah, just uh, go to the rat's nest uh, that uh, on either <laughs> side and, uh, you know, unwind the, the wire around the, the bar and uh, unscrew the tightening screws that hold that wheel in place on the bar. Now, it may take a little bit. Just make sure the wheel will spin freely. Right. Then wind it while the door is still up in the up position. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, because the spring is not wound. It's not under tension there. Uh, if it's closed, you got to you gotta do it under tension, which is not cool. Yeah. Um, it's very difficult to do, and you can hurt yourself because so, that wire is flying around, and you don't want to do that. No. So put the garage door up if it's not already. Um, and Even it out. Even it out as best you can. Take off the the bottom roller and uh, roll the uh, you know or you know that little bracket with the bottom roller on right. it. Get it out of the track. Put that on the ladder and uh, undo the uh, the spool. And wind it back up, nice and pretty. Nice and pretty, and uh, hook the wire into the wire onto that bracket, and then screw the bracket back onto the garage door. Put it in the track. Right. Put the same amount of tension as you see on the one, meaning almost none, you know, just right. the same slack Yeah. <clears throat> as you see on the other side, back on it and tighten the wheel down. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you're lucky, you're fixed, except that the other thing you need to do is figure out why in the hell it did that in the first place <laughs> and correct that. Because I don't know how many times I, I've never done this, right? <laughs> Where you do all that and then you're like, look, it's fixed. It's back up. And you run the door down and run it back up. And of course, it does the same damn thing that it did before and breaks in exactly the same way. Or if you're unlucky, in a far worse way. Right. Right. So, yeah, straighten it out. In our case, it was really no big deal. It was just a matter of my case. It was just a matter of adjusting the, you know, adjusting the, the, the door. It had been a little crooked, got the door straight, then adjusted the damn rails a little bit and. Some bitch, it works fine. 
Exactly. And uh, the bigger your door, like Chuck has an eight-foot door, uh, which the bigger and heavier door, the more it is, it tends to shift around and do different things. And uh, it can be it can become a problem because it doesn't take a lot of tilt and and misalignment to get the door going in a way that is not cool (laughs) for anybody yeah and when it does it's gonna be bad for you so uh you know you might have a small like little single garage door something like that those almost never come off the track because they're just not that big no no. Uh, if you have a huge eight foot double door with kind of anemic garage door puller and you know older kind of rickety rails uh you're going to be in adjustment city. Steaming piece of crap, as <laughs> mine is. <laughs> then uh, it winds up uh, needing some adjustment. If you wonder if your garage door needs adjustment, if it's hitching up and down, like, or it's it's catching, or it sounds like somebody's banging trash cans together every time you open the door, you need adjustment. All right. If it's smooth up and down, and you can watch it, and it's it's beautiful, hey, leave it alone. Uh, but if it's making all kinds of bad noise and it's hitching and it's catching and everything, or you can see light through one side of the door and you can't see light through the other, it's going crooked. (laughs) All right. When it's closed. Indeed. Uh, so things to watch out for. And, uh, it's, it's pretty good. You you can listen to the one beer that uh, tells you. Yeah. Better yet go out and adjust it now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause, cause trust me, you adjust it on your own schedule. You fix it when it breaks yeah and that's uh that's an hour Wise two hours of your time <laughs> i think that's about it for this week you got anything else no i don't think so i think i'm good all right man we'll see you all next week